This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Prime Minister Trudeau will issue an historic apology to the LGBTQ community in the House of Commons later today. He'll say he's sorry for laws and policies that discriminated against these people because of their gender and their sexuality. Many of them were hounded out of the civil service, hounded out of the military. Some have criminal records because, of course, remember until Pierre Trudeau, um, homosexuality, homosexual sex was, was illegal. So this is being called a watershed moment for the LGBTQ community in Canada. And Ottawa is setting aside $100 million for compensation. What do you think? Is this a good thing? Uh, the numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And, of course, Canadians are known for apologizing. Is it part of our culture? Is that a good thing? And and what is really behind all of this? Uh, so we're going to Maggie Casella, who is a comic, a former lawyer and a partner at Ford Casella Productions, and Judith Taylor, who is an associate professor of social Sociology at the University of Toronto. Ladies, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having Thank us. For having us. Okay, Maggie, first we go to you. How do you see this? Well, I can't speak for the entire LGBTQ2PSAA community, right uh, there. Okay, yeah. you like, but you could you could give us a translation if we had enough time. Sure, sure. Uh, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, transsexual, intersex, queer, questioning, two spirited, pansexual, asexual allies. Okay. So when we talk when we talk in terms of a community that size, first of all, you're never going to get a consensus, and everyone's going to feel differently. So basically, you're, you know, my what's what are my feelings, and my feelings are that everybody's going to feel differently. Okay, right? and a so millennial, a millennial may think this what apologies for what? Okay, someone middle aged like myself may be like, okay, well, you know, that doesn't erase everything that happened. But this apology thing seems to be something that is is happening a lot lately. It still doesn't really change what happened, and it doesn't change the way it is now. You cannot say you're sorry for the fact that the the world does not necessarily uh, treat people in an equitable way if they see them as different or other. Um, And then, you know, there are, I'm sure, people who are way older than I am who, you, you know, will be beyond, maybe beyond touched by it or feel the same way I do, which is it's nice, but... You know, what's the who's getting the hundred million? That's what I want to know. Well, so first of all, where do you place yourself in this uh, very long acronym? Uh, I, I call myself queer, um, uh, and you know, there was a long time, Libby, where I was very, very. Uh, I, people would say you're a lesbian comic, and I'm a I'm a current events comic. I'm an ex lawyer. I talk about the news, so that always annoyed me to be called a lesbian comic because I'm a comic, but I don't talk about lesbian things necessarily. Now, uh, where I am in this position is. I think queer culture is so important and not is, is our history or history or whatever you want to call it is not actually 
being talked about, which is why something like this is important, because it sheds a light on the things that were bad in the past that some people who are younger may not have experienced or know about. And that's what I'm talking about now, even in my show, which is called, uh, you know, Gay Panic, which is a reference to a a law where um, a, a criminal defense where people who killed gay people or transgendered people, men always, because they said they made a pass at them, they said they had a gay panic, and they, that's their defense to the, the, the criminal behavior of murder. So that's what I'm talking about in my show, and that's what I'm doing in my work, why I'm, I'm working on a, what we call a web hub for the LGBTQ community worldwide, um, so that people can share and, and, and talk about all of it that goes on. You know, world. Maggie— it's different I, everywhere, right? It's yeah, you know, I, I, I hear you, and to a certain extent, you know, people in— Every community, younger people aren't aware of the history when it when it comes to all kinds of things. Um, yep. Let's bring in Judith Taylor. I mean, this is more than a symbolic apology. There's a hundred million dollars, mm-hmm. but of course there, and and they're being. I I mean, it sounds like they're going to be careful with the money, though, when it comes to government. You know, um, uh, you know, people were hounded out of their jobs. So, uh, you know, you would think on the face of it that maybe some compensation is in order, though I don't know how many people in that position are actually still alive. Right. I think that, first of all, many, many, many are still alive. And I think the money looks like it's going to be carefully allocated. Some of it will be towards education, some of it will be towards monuments, and some of it will be towards paying people who were part of that larger class action suit and part of the larger activism who lost their positions in the military and the civil service. So it looks like it's going to be responsibly allocated. And I think that it's legitimately allocated, too. Okay. Well, I mean, you know what's interesting about that is, like, Michelle, um, of course, I'm blanking on her last name, who was the woman who changed the uh, uh, the military um, ban, if you will. Um, I don't know what kind of compensation you could – how do you put a number on that? I, I don't know. That's a, that's the query, right? Well, the right. thing is, I mean, people are, are compensated, you know, people are con- con- compensated for loss of life, you know, in, a, in courtrooms. So how do you put a, a number on that? You know, the, it's oh, know, the same question player, for many things, but you do, and it's I'm it's better than nothing, I guess. There's a way to do that, and there's certainly a way to put a number on on I lost my job, right? And there are actuarial tables for all of that. I lost my life, but I'm talking about the actual pain and suffering of of having to endure being taken from your 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 job or taken from your military, whatever, and put in a room and you know interrogated, and that's the stuff that seems very difficult for me to ever put any kind of apology yeah. or, or monetary figure again, now, really. Judith, you, you have a story from your own family. Right. I just want to speak to the other part. I mean, I think the question of compensation is a fragile and um, symbolic one, and we can see with social movements like the, Jap- you know, the Japanese internment, social movements like the Chinese head tax. I mean, there's never really an approximation of how much money was lost. But there is something about that material transfer that symbolizes the pain and what the government now has to lose as a consequence that I think is quite important for the recipients. So I'll just um, say that. Uh, But I, I, yeah, I I will say I had the strangest experience. I grew up in Los Angeles, um, and I'm a dual citizen, and it's interesting because the U.S. never apologizes, which I'm sure are stand-up comedian friends would have a lot of funny as, things to say about. came out as being American. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but um, 
uh, I was looking for um, my uncle's prior addresses and came across a public record of his arrest for having public sex after his death. And it really struck me as um, such a, you know, I was so indignant that this was a part of public record, but I also had a kind of um, a beauty and admiration feeling. I know that's a strange thing to say, but I thought, well, good for him for having enjoyed life in that way. I'm so sorry that that kind of punishment happened. I He was a psychiatrist, so I think that he managed to kind of weasel out of a larger penalty, which many well, white-collar people and, could and do. Did you, did you know about this? Before you came across, and did, well, was he I knew, out? I mean, he was partnered um, most of my adult life, so I think whatever exciting history he'd had came before <laughs> me. But I was really proud of him for having it, and so I think this is going to be one of the interesting things that we struggle with in thinking about these public records of arrest is um, what we lose when we take them them off record. It means that, in fact, we can't celebrate people for being pioneers for living their lives and and enacting their sexualities in the way that they wanted to despite the 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 terrible punishments that happened. But can I just say this about that because I I was a lawyer in the states and I represented a lot of men who got caught in I always mm-hmm. say in rest areas trying to pick up police officers and I would be hard pressed to and I can't speak for your uncle but I would be hard pressed to say that any of them would be sorry to have that off their records because right. look they they're why in the first place anybody was bothering them is besides is besides me. I mean, I don't understand. It's a victimless crime. It's like cruising whatever. Mm-hmm. But it, it was. It's very. I can secondhand, almost firsthand, speak to how traumatic that that was mm-hmm. for so many of my mm-hmm. clients. And it just wasn't right. And it's not right. And you know, I don't know. It's true. Well, you it's know, true. even even public it... records become things that we can study and things that we can reckon with. And they are fragile people's lives and histories. So we want to make sure that we keep some accounting of that so that we remember how the government intruded on people unfairly. But I take your point absolutely about yeah, individuals. And I take your point, too. I, I totally take your point. But uh, and just, know, there's a human I, side to that, too, right? I just want to point right. out, too, though, I mean, you can be arrested for having public sex if, if, if you're hetero. <laughs> Right. Yeah, <laughs> understood. But Libby, I could have put a line item in my monthly budget for every every month where they would go out and uh, actually ground up these guys. Yeah. You know? um, so that, that's a bit different to me. That's not like, oh, every this day we're going to go and clean up this part of the city. From No, this was a thing. And somebody had a volunteer for that job, you know, to be the bait, so to speak. I mean, it's mm-hmm. wrong on so many levels, really. It was a, tar- it's a targeting a, a certain community, really. Okay, let's uh, let's hear from Tony in Sturgeon Lake. Hello, Tony. Hello. Hello there. Sorry about that. I was listening so intensely here that I forgot I was on going to be on here. Um, you know, I, I agree. If somebody lost money back then, because I just turned sixty, and I remember all that thing going on and everything, and uh, and I'm for everybody. You know, live your lives, and uh, God bless you all for whatever uh, lifestyle you choose. But if somebody lost money, yeah, monetarily, I believe giving them money. Uh, people who didn't lose money, I think an apology should be okay to a certain degree. But back then, they just did what was right. 
You know, uh, people, you know, even your mother and father, Libby, back then would say, oh, look at those people. Look at what they're doing. They're kissing, two men are kissing, two ladies are kissing. And that was new to them. It's all new, like everything else. So, like, interracial marriage was new back then. You know, when you saw a black guy with a white woman, it was like, oh, look at that. Now, you know, it's Tony, just- I, I have to disagree with you and quote the Bible. There is nothing new under the sun. <laughs> Thank you, Libby. You took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> what, what, what do you mean by that? <laughs> I mean, I mean, do you really? Um, I, I, mean, I don't think there's anything really. Really knew about sex, maybe about the acceptance of it, but but um, yeah. there's been, been intersex people, people and marriages between uh, same sex people going back in all the time. It's how society, you know, it's how society was back then, Tony. And but it wasn't, it and wasn't I a norm, you know, back I, then. Like, oh, no, it wasn't a norm, it's still not a norm. I mean, it was. I mean, people were, were doing it. You know, uh, ladies in the seventies. I worked for a house club that was notorious for gay people, and they were nice. You know, I mean, I, I grew loving these guys, and they became a lot of them were my friends. But I'm saying to you, uh, that time was a shock to people to see a man and a man, a woman and a woman, as it was to see a uh, interracial couple in the. But 60s. that's not that's not anybody. That's not a man and a man's fault, or a woman and a woman's fault, or a mixed uh, 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 interracial couple's fault. That's. No, no, what I'm saying to you is new to them now. Now, you know, you see now, nobody even blinks at it. Uh, people, I've seen it. The, it's just a, like everything else that's been going on, all the change has been going on, and I hope it goes for the good. It's, it, it's a shock when you get it and see it, and then what do we do about it? Uh, well, you know, if you don't know what to do about it, we'll charge them. And now it, it's become a beautiful thing. Everybody gets to do what they want to do. That's why I love about Canada. It's become, and even in the States, you know, it, it's not a big deal anymore. Well, it depends. It depends price. where in the States and it depends where in Canada. But I, th- I think, I think, Tony, I like we the- can all agree about that, that that's what we love about Canada. Live and let live. And let live. And I want to thank Tony for making the argument that he he doesn't that change happens, but the governments don't have to compensate people once they realize that times are changing. Was that the the point? No, the point is you agree with the apology that maybe there shouldn't be compensation. Like somebody in the army who lost money because they lost their job. Yes, but somebody who you know who didn't lose money, it wasn't monetarily hurt by it. Just. Uh, basically, they were hurt uh, uh, emotionally. Uh, then, yeah, thank you. And if they need uh, uh, doctors' uh, psychology uh, help, uh, pay for that. You know, but not just in uh, this in worry. this case, the only people who are receiving restitution are people who lost employment. The other oh. parts of the money go towards public education, so that we can pair the pain that people experienced and the financial loss they experienced with education so that the government doesn't do that kind of thing in the future to other aggrieved populations. Okay, so Tony, thanks. Come together. Hey, Tony, okay, I Tony. Tony, thank you for thank you for being an ally now, Tony. <laughs> okay, <laughs> thanks. Revolution. Okay, uh, we are uh, running out of time on this. I have to say, you know, when you talk about... Um, Public education and political correctness, it, it does raise my hackles a little bit, I've got to say. Um, we are what uh, starting what to... What mean? Pardon? What do you mean by that? I mean, uh, you know, like there were re-education camps in China. You know, it's sort of groupthink. Well, you know, here's the thing. I'll just say one important point about this, because I'm a university professor, and I take every government apology as curriculum and as pedagogy, because... Nice. You know, when you think about the fact that relatives of many of us took uh, Japanese citizens' boats away, took their furniture away, took their homes away, drove the cars that took them to internment camps, we have to think about the effects of that on our souls, on our minds, on our hearts. 
and to really anticipate when we might not make a similar mistake in the future. So it's not about reconditioning people's minds and telling them what they can and can't say. My classroom is way open. People can say whatever they want, and most university professors that's true of, too, despite what uh, people uh, say. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm glad yours is, but uh, what's going on on university campuses now, that's well, another se- segment. Well, maybe, honestly, I was, a, I was a radical lesbian feminist separatist. Let me tell you something. There was no holiday meal that I did not ruin, okay? <laughs> and that was a long time ago. So people now think that this is a new era of political correctness. No, we were all activists then. then. We just didn't have social media. We didn't have the Internet. We couldn't make the kind of noise that can be made now and be in everyone's faces because, trust me, I was in everybody's faces. Yeah, but I, that's, I, you're, I wouldn't call you politically correct, Maggie. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's interesting, right? I mean, but am I, do, do I think, I don't even know what politically correct is, Libby. That's the whole thing. I think it's a fear of people having a discussion and of being afraid of someone coming into their face and saying, I don't like what you said because of this reason. Exactly. But I did that. I did that when I was younger. And I, I think part of it is being in university, but again, having a bigger megaphone and being more intimidating than well, I could have ever been at that. Times time. have changed. People don't don't feel safe when people disagree. But like I said, that's a whole different discussion. And <laughs> we're running out of time. So, uh, ladies, Judith Taylor, Maggie Casella, thank you very much for that. Thank you. Bye, Judith. Bye, Libby. Bye. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to talk about how cities spend our money. The report is called Fuzzy Finances, Grading the Financial Reports of Canada's Municipalities. Uh, Do you have a grade uh, for the way your municipality is spending your money? We want to hear from you if you do. We'll be right back. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.